the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Somebody's lying. Yeah, Miles Garrett still says Mason Rudolph said it. He told ESPN over the weekend that Rudolph called him a stupid N-word, and that's what set him off and led him to uh, smack Rudolph in the head with his own helmet that he had ripped off of Rudolph's head. Nobody's buying it here in Western PA, but how about in Cleveland? Well, Bud Shaw has been covering sports in Cleveland for a long time, almost as long as I've been covering it here in Pittsburgh uh, off and on. Now he's uh, doing commentary for WKYC-TV, and he joins us now. Bud, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, great great to be with you, John. So uh, how is this playing in Cleveland? i got a feeling it's different there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess the, you'd have to say it's playing along party lines. You know, people think that uh, the way Garrett would be bringing something up like this yet again, unless you feel strongly that it happened. Um, one interesting sidelight of this is that John Dorsey, the fired uh, general manager, or I guess I have to say that they left on uh, terms of a mutual agreement, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the guy's no longer here anymore, has remained in the area, and one of the reporters, Tony Gross, who's been covering the team for a long time, uh, you know, ran into John recently, and and John says that this is the story that Garrett was telling the night of the game that he didn't tell it to the media, but he told it to other coaches and teammates. So, in his mind, at least, uh, Garrett is being consistent. Um, whether that leads anyone else to outside of Cleveland to believe he's being truthful is another question. Yeah, um, but. Um... Did, did, did uh, Dorsey never said anything about this until just recently, right? I mean, he, uh, it's, I mean, he didn't say anything. Did he bring that up? Uh, he, was he still the general manager? Well, he was when the when this happened, right? Yeah, sure. He was the general manager yeah. until the end of the season uh, when they made the change. But, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, um, I think in his mind, he he respects. Garrett's wishes to not make a public deal out of this. Okay. Garrett was going to get his Garrett was going to get his hearing with the league, and we know that Garrett did say something to the league when he went up to to talk to them about the incident. Um, then someone, um, who, who knows who, um, leaked the fact that he was making this allegation. So it became a story back then after his meeting with the league and. Um, I don't know why he felt the need after reinstatement to cover this old ground again. I thought it was needless. I don't see what the end game is for him. He's either going to come out looking like a guy who's still making excuses for his behavior, or he's going to come out looking like a liar, depending on what your perspective is. Yeah. Well, well in his defense, I, I, um, I, my, I think anyway that uh, he said this in the response to a question from Someone at ESPN. I, I, did, I don't sure. know. If he, I don't know if he came out with a statement or anything. He was asked about it, right? Yeah, right. And but, you know, I, I think John. Again, if I were advising him, and I'm, he will never ask for my advice. I'm <laughs> right, sure. Right. You know, I would say, I would say, hey, just you know, if you're asked this again, just say, hey, look, I said what I said, and I'm moving on. I, I don't. I'm reinstated. I don't want to deal with. You know, I'm not going to relive this episode again. But you know, he feels, I guess, that there was something said. I mean, mate. Is there a possibility, I guess, that he thinks he heard something and Rudolph didn't say it? Mm-hmm. That Rudolph said something else. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's very uh, – um, I, I just don't know where the story goes, you know. It, right. it, some some Cleveland Browns writers are saying that they believe him and they say that based on getting to know the guy in the locker room. And uh, I don't know well enough. And even if I did, I wouldn't be able to say whether I believe him or don't believe him. I mean, only two guys really know what was said at the bottom of the pile, I assume. Yeah, uh, I my issue is um, that, first of all, this was a pretty big deal long before he showed up at the meeting with the, um, with the, with the league. I don't know how long it was from the time he 
Uh, it was a few days, but I mean, it was blowing up all over the country. Uh, everybody in the world saw the video, and for for him, number one, not to say it, and number two, for him <laughs> to have told Dorsey and Dorsey, who was the general manager at the time, to not come immediately out and say that. Um, I'm just not buying it. Sorry. I mean, that somebody yeah. somebody would have said it right away because that that first of all. Uh, you've been around sports a long time, so have I. Um, th- th- for someone, for a white guy, to s- to call someone that use that word and call somebody that name uh, on the field when his coach is black, when when probably eighty percent of his teammates are black, and um, and for, it just makes no sense that anybody would. I don't care how, how heated the moment got. You just don't. If he was the worst racist in the world. I don't think he says it. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of where I came at it from. I, I just found it hard to believe a guy who would say something like that, not knowing whether his own center is standing next to him right. uh, or, or other offensive linemen. Um, you know, I, I I don't understand. You know, in, in Cleveland, the you know one of the defenses of uh, Miles Garrett is that he's an otherwise you know reflective. Um, soft-spoken sort of renaissance kind of guy and that boy for him to react the way he did clearly something got said um i just that defense to me it just feels like it's you know full of holes you know it, yeah. he he started the season uh punching uh the tight end for the tennessee titans in the head and got a 15-yard penalty for that um, I, uh, I doubt that anything was said along those lines then that precipitated it. So I, he's shown himself capable of losing his cool on a football field without being um, goaded into it by some, you know, racial slur. Talking to Bud Shaw of WKYC-TV up in Cleveland. But how long have you been covering sports up there? I got here in 1991. All right, so only only uh, 29 years. <laughs> yeah, only 29 years. <laughs> and I was told at the time, John, that, they, somebody I trusted said to me, "Wait till you see this town when the Browns really get good." Oh and I boy! Thought, I thought, "Yeah, that 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 will be fun." Yeah, and I'm still waiting for that. Yes, yeah, that's twenty nine years later. Wow, yeah. that's a long time. Uh, so, if you pulled uh, Garrett's teammates privately, uh, what percentage do you think would uh, say they believe him? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't really. Yeah, yeah, I. I I think probably a majority because he seems, you know, to be a guy that everybody likes, a guy that put puts great effort out on the football field every day at practice. Um, um, has been a, you know, one of the very quiet leaders on this team. So I guess, you know, just from an allegiance standpoint, a lot of these guys would say, yeah, okay, that that, yeah. There's, that could have happened. But, you know, I thought one of the things that he ended up doing the other day when I said there was no really good end game to this, that he didn't really clear himself by bringing this up again. He he hasn't convinced anybody who wasn't already convinced that that this happened. And he sort of puts the onus on the league in suggesting that they're, you know, they're trying to cover this thing up because of the audio. Yeah. I, I just I didn't think that was necessarily fair, and I not knowing what happened between the two guys, you know, it's hard to really say anything yeah. more conclusive than that. Well, there is a conspiracy theory out there that's uh, um, seem to be popping up more and more that uh, that you know the the conspiracy is that the theory is I should say <laughs> that the NFL does have audio proof that Rudolph said it but doesn't want to release it. Uh, that makes no sense to me because people are making this assumption that everything that's ever been said on a football field during a game is recorded on some device yeah. somewhere. And yeah. It's just it's yeah. idiotic. It's not true. No, I think people have this uh, mistaken impression that when they watch uh, an NFL Films production that, that that stuff's out there for three hours and that anybody has everybody has access to it if they wanted it that's yeah. not the case yeah it's just dumb um so you were were you at the game last november i was and you, what do you remember uh in the aftermath uh um in the post-game situation there and what people were saying uh was it was it even brought up uh that there was a reason for garrett to go off the way he did no, I, 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 a couple of things struck me in, in watching that game, and I've 
you know, as you know, I, I covered uh, Steelers games in Western Pennsylvania yeah. for a few years. I yeah. was in Philadelphia. I was in San Diego. So I've been covering the NFL probably going back to, to 1976 or 77. And I just, I haven't seen anything quite like that. So when he does, when he did what he did, um, I, you know, I, I felt like I was watching something that was pretty egregious, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Simple. I go out and I walk, start walking downstairs. I run into a former uh, NFL lineman um, who played for the Browns at one point, and he looked at me and instead of saying, well, you know, that guy was asking for it, he said to me, he should be gone for the rest of the year. Wow. So, you know, I think that guys that even played the game recognized that it was it was well ab- above and beyond anything that, that most of us have seen. Yeah. Um, so then when you get downstairs, I, the, the, two, the thing that jumps out at me about that is that his quarterback and his coach basically just lambasted him. They didn't make any allowance for the fact that anything else could have possibly triggered this. Yeah. It was the only time all season that Kitchens was as critical of a player after the game. Um, and Baker Mayfield didn't give him any uh, – any margins either. He, he, he went right after him and said this couldn't happen, shouldn't have happened. This cost the organization. It made the organization look ridiculous. And he apologized, you know, on behalf of, of Garrett um, for the, to Rudolph and the, and the, the Steelers organization. So then we have Rudolph, we have Garrett facing the music at his locker and again, for whatever reason, he may have had a reason why he didn't want to bring it up, but he didn't bring it up. Um, and then at some point he issues an apology to Mason, that he includes Mason Rudolph in, which seemed a little bit odd to me, too, if you still have those feelings about what you believe right. Rudolph said. So those are all the things that struck me after the game. It doesn't mean I'm saying that I think he's lying. I'm just saying that those struck me as, First of all, is the suspension being warranted, and then his his uh, explanation for it um, leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, uh, neither of us is black, so um, you know, we, we, we I, I don't attempt to try to put myself in a, a black person's shoes if someone mm-hmm. does call me that name. Okay, but but what I what if if he was mad enough from what he said. That he thinks that was that justified, maybe not justified, but led him to beating the guy over the head with a helmet. It's really hard to uh, imagine a guy being able to compose himself after being that upset about something somebody said, and then you know, fifteen twenty minutes later, not bringing it up as to re- as to the reason why it happened. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, and even now as he's reliving it with the, with the ESPN, the Mina Kimes interview. Um, it seems to me as if he's trying to have it both ways. He wants this out there again that he believes that's happened, but he's also trying to say, "Well, that didn't justify my my business, my uh, reaction." Yeah. And, and also, um, I just think this we're all this is all over with. Well, it, you can't say you believe it's over with if you're the one who's who's basically feeding it. So I, I'm not sure exactly what he was going for in that interview, but I, I thought it fell flat for him personally. Last thing, I got about a minute. I know you got to go do some TV. I wrote a column about this over the weekend at TribLive.com, and I said that if Garrett is lying about this, it's worse than hitting Rudolph with his helmet. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I would. Given the climate, um, given the the makeup of the sport, given the fact that there are um, you know, lots of teammates of, of, uh, both races yep. that, that are, you know, being brought into this thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Hey, Bud, I appreciate you doing this. One of these times I'm going to have you on to talk about the Browns uh, doing what you said at the beginning there, showing you what that city can do when, when there's a really good well, football team. Well, hurry, hurry up, John. I just turned 65. <laughs> All right. I'll work on it. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> right. it. See you. All right, that's Bud Shaw of uh, WKYC-TV in Cleveland. I knew him back in, I don't know, 1978, 79, when he was covering the Steelers for a paper back east. Um, uh, Anyway, that's it. We'll be back with uh, another little sports item, by the way. Stick around.
2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. Whether you're just testing the waters of digital marketing or already have a plan in place that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. Face it, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash radio. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash radio. That's BambooHR.com slash radio. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Some wisdom teeth can become impacted by never breaking through the gum, which can lead to cysts, tooth decay, and gum disease. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination at myoms.org. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. If we stick with sports here uh, for a second uh, till the break, uh, have you seen the story about? And I love it when sports and um, and politics intersect because that's uh, kind of like what I kind of what I like to do here on the show. But Aubrey Huff uh, played for the San Francisco Giants in nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, 2010, and uh, he they won the World Championship. They won the World Series. He was there. He led the team in home runs. He was, he finished second in the league in the MVP voting that year. 
So, I mean, it's, uh, it was in 2010, and now it's 2020, so they like to do this in sports. They like to have reunions because they can sell tickets and make money on it. Plus, it's a nice thing for the fans. So they're having a 10th uh, reunion, 10-year reunion, for the 2010 championship team, except that Aubrey Huff uh, is not invited. Apparently, uh, they don't like some of the stuff that Aubrey uh, has putting up on his has been putting up on his social media platform. So here's here's the statement from the San Francisco Giants. Earlier this month, we reached out to Aubrey Huff to let him know that we will he will not be included in the upcoming 2010 World Series championship reunion. Aubrey has made multiple comments on social media that are unacceptable and run counter to the values of our organization. He's been canceled, in other words. While we appreciate the many contributions that Aubrey made to the 2010 championship season. We st- uh, stand by our decision. Uh, and then Huff uh, went uh, on his Twitter. Uh, uh, he on his, tw- his he did came off on Twitter with this uh, to the Giants board members who seem to think every Giants fan is a liberal. They aren't. I have had thousands of diehard Giants fans reach out to me on my social media platform to support me. I'm proud of what I accomplished in my three years with the Giants. I made lifelong memories with teammates that can never be taken away from me. And while I'm disappointed the Giants are so opposed to President Trump and our constitutional rights that they, they'd uninvite me to my team's reunion, it shows me that now more than ever we have to stand up for our First Amendment rights. Um, and then he said to the uh, – he was interviewed by the Athletic Sports website. Really good one, by the way. Um, he said – uh, quote, quite frankly, shocked, disappointed. If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't be having a reunion, which is 100 percent true. He was uh, might have he was probably their MVP, their most valuable player. But if they want to stick with their politically correct uh, progressive BS, only no, he didn't say BS, that's fine. So Aubrey Huff. And then there's this uh, I, I don't know some what of some of his other um, um, tweets were that were offensive. But here's a tweet that he uh, put out there that he said he thinks may have been the one that might have cost him, uh, made it so that the Giants uninvited him. Uh, it's a tweet that came out, uh, I don't know, a while back, but it says it's a picture of him with uh, his son and some guns at a gun, gun range. And he says, <laughs> getting my boys trained up on how to use a gun in the unlikely event Bernie Sanders beats Donald Trump in 2020 in which case, knowing how to effectively use a gun under socialism will be a must. By the way, um, most of the headshots were theirs. Uh, that, that's, I guess he's referring to the shots on the target they were taking. So um, that's, that's um, Aubrey Huff, and he's being uninvited for apparently being a little bit too, um, too interested in Donald Trump being reelected. Maybe liking guns a little too much. I don't know what else was on his um, Twitter feed over the years, but uh, another story of sports and politics kind of intersecting. And and I, um, it's just it's a reunion, you know, for a team. Just shut up and and have the reunion and bring the players out and let the fans cheer. And if somebody wants to boo them because they don't like Donald Trump, let them boo. But. Um, what, what, I mean, there has to be there has to be somebody else on that 2010 team who has said something uh, offensive somewhere on Twitter that you know you could cancel him for it too. Tell him he's not allowed to show up. And here's my other question, for which I have no answer. And maybe if you can help me out with this, let me know. But I'm just wondering how many uh, people in the sports media in San Francisco. And elsewhere, all over the country, because this story has made it all over the country. How many people in the sports media would dare to come uh, forward and support Huff and say that he's getting a raw deal here? How many people would do that? I, my guess would be, um, I, I might be zero, but there'd be very few. And uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that most of them are thinking that this is what he deserves for, number one, liking guns, and number two, for saying he'd like to see Bernie Sanders defeated and Donald Trump elected president. So uh, the Giants hope they have a nice reunion. I'll talk to you in a minute. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is on a four-day trip to several western states. The president traveling to California, Nevada, Arizona, and Colorado. 
for accommodation of official business and campaign events. His schedule includes fundraisers, meetings, speeches, and rallies. Water levels are dropping, but more rain is coming for parts of the flood-ravaged south. Walmart reporting disappointing fourth-quarter profits and sales after a sluggish and shortened holiday shopping season. Violent protests in Chile, where there are hundreds of Walmart stores cut into international sales. Walmart's same-store sales of 1.9% this quarter, well below the 3.2% increase in the previous period. Stocks closing mixed on Wall Street. The Dow dropped 165 points. The Nasdaq was ahead one, and the S&P was down nine. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.23%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record 10 years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Mike Gallagher has seen the worst from the left. Rush Limbaugh announced yesterday he has been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. If you had any doubt about how evil a lot of people are on the left, how vile and vicious and sick they are, you should take a stroll down social media and see some of the hideous things they've said about a 69-year-old man's cancer diagnosis. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. When you shop Goodwill, you don't just bring home a vintage dress or cat lamp. You bring home so much good to your community because everything you buy funds local job training and more. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Command the yellow van. Service Master. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. The Allegheny Institute for Public Policy has been Greater Pittsburgh's trusted source for sound public policy analysis since 1995. About to celebrate its 25th anniversary, the think tank's research, education, and advocacy have steadfastly worked to defend taxpayers and businesses against the inefficiency and intrusiveness of ever-expanding, burdensome government. You can join the cause today by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting AlleghenyInstitute.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy delays continue on the outbound Parkway East. Forbes Avenue stacked up to approaching Edgewood Swiss Bell. There was an accident clear from there. Inbound also heavy Edgewood Swiss Bell to the tunnel. Parkway West delays outbound. Bankville Road to Carnegie adds pockets of volume slowing down inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also seeing some delays on 28 outbound Veterans Bridge to 40th Street and from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Mostly cloudy skies tonight, quite breezy with a low 27. Partial sunshine tomorrow with a high 36. 
Tomorrow night, clear early, followed by thickening clouds with a low of 18. Clouds and breaks of sunshine for Thursday with a high of 27. And Friday, an abundant amount of sun with a high of 34. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. The Democrats uh, have another debate tonight. And uh, Michael Bloomberg may have actually given uh, people a reason to watch. They might actually get some decent ratings tonight. Uh, Bernie Sanders is the frontrunner, and nobody thinks Pete Buttigieg can get the nomination. Elizabeth Warren crashed and burned a long time ago. Uh, believe it or not, Joe, B- <laughs> Joe Biden said he was in California the other day when he was, uh, you know, in Nevada. It's close. It's uh, one state away, but... But Bloomberg has spent over $100 million on ads, and he got himself qualified for that debate tonight. And you know how Bernie feels about billionaires, so it might actually be interesting. But what really could make it interesting, if anybody on the stage brings up uh, some of the uh, Bloomberg's videos that have been uh, going viral, like this one from 2011. For a long time, people have said there's nothing you can do about it, but the blacks and Latinos score terribly in school testing compared to whites and Asians. If you look at our jails, it's predominantly uh, minorities. If you look at where crime takes place, it's in minority neighborhoods. If you look at who the victims and the perpetrators are, it's virtually all minorities. This is something that has gone on for a long time. I assume it's prevalent elsewhere, but certainly true in New York City. And for many, many years, people said there was just nothing you can do about it. Now, what we have done in the last 10 years is we've cut the testing gap in schools for black and Latino kids versus white and Asian kids in half, but they still are way behind. Uh, We have uh, tried to diversify our police department so that it really does measure uh, uh, mirror the community's ethnicity, and they've brought crime down dramatically. Uh, We have the lowest crime rate we've ever had in the history of the city, and that's particularly important to black and Latino kids and their families and their neighborhoods because that's where the crime is. So uh, they benefit from that. And we've done a number of these kinds of things trying to attract the kind of jobs that are available to people who uh, maybe don't have a formal education, have dropped out of school, or don't have great command of the English language, or have a blemish on their resume, which would keep them from getting a job at a more traditional firm where they do an extensive background check. And so we've tried to attract industries that can use the people here who are unemployed. But nevertheless, there's this enormous cohort of black and Latino males aged, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where they have to work collaboratively and collectively. So uh, that's not what you say if you're a Democrat. Now, um, I don't know how many people are coming to his defense or saying that anything he said in there was true, but uh, there's a lot of truth sprinkled in that statement. And um, he said there's a large cohort of black and Latino males, 16 to 25, who don't have great work experience. Um, and that He's speaking about New York City. I don't know. I don't know. What's a cohort? I, I, I you know. I I got to believe it. There, there, there's there's some truth to that. There, that's the problem that Democrats have been talking about for years about how to fix that. And uh, the the disagreement seems to be about how to fix it, not whether or not it needs to be fixed. But he's paying. He's going to pay a price for that. Uh, he'll be declared a racist for for saying that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if it comes up on the debate tonight. Uh, it would be more interesting if there were um, actually um, a black or a Latino still in the race, but it's all white people now, and mostly old white people who are still running for the uh, nomination. And a good debate moderator would play that video for Bloomberg and make him comment on it, but I wouldn't bet on that happening either. Uh, and then there's this uh, from Bloomberg in 2016. Think about the agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. 
Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank and the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. One point. 98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different you have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. You got to be. Uh, you got to have a lot more gray matter to uh, work in a. I don't know. Uh, work as a computer programmer, doing code, than you do for, you know, planting seeds. I guess that'll go over real well in um, in the Midwest. Uh, the governor of North Dakota has already called uh, Bloomberg an elitist snob for that one, and. Uh, and you wonder if that might come up uh, tonight at the debate. Somebody might want to play that for him. We'll see. I got a feeling it's not going to happen. But uh, in the meantime, uh, sometime, somebody should play this commentary from way back from Paul Harvey, the former, uh, the late radio commentator. Somebody ought to play this for Bloomberg. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle a calf and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs, tame cantankerous machinery, come home hungry, have to wait lunch until his wife's done feeding visiting ladies, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it. So God made a farmer. God said I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire feed sacks and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then paint in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God had to have somebody willing to ride the ruts at double speed to get the hay in ahead of the rain clouds and yet stop in midfield and race to help when he sees the first smoke from a neighbor's place. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners. Somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk, and replenish the self-feeder, and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh, and then sigh, and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says, that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. So God made a farmer. Yeah, that was, I think that uh, ad was an ad that ran in the Super Bowl uh, a long time ago, a TV ad. And there's video, obviously, that goes with that, uh, some great pictures. Um, but um, Bloomberg, you know, kind of just, uh, what do he say? Uh, you, you dig a hole, you throw some seed in there, put some water on it, and up comes the corn. Might might show that uh, Mike's uh, I don't know a little bit maybe too New York centric. Uh, maybe he spent a little too much time in the big city. Uh, enjoys eating the the food that uh, those farmers make, but he he doesn't think it takes a whole lot of smarts to be one. Uh, and uh, this is the this is I think you could say that this is the guy who seems to be emerging as the number two. Uh, guy in the race for the Democratic nomination. As I said, uh, nobody thinks Pete Buttigieg can, can get the nomination. Elizabeth Warren's not going anywhere. She's been done for a while. Joe Biden is an idiot. Um, and um, it's pretty much Bernie and Bloomberg. <laughs> and by the way, 
I think Bloomberg is older than Bernie and older than Biden. They're both older than Biden. I know I know Bernie's older than Biden. So uh, you have the two top guys <laughs> in the Democratic Party. You talk about old white guys. They're both older than I am. They're in their late 70s. Um, and uh, they, they're both from back east, uh, the northeast, and they're both raging liberals. And I wonder if anybody will expose them in the debate tonight, will they? Will anybody go after them? Um, will will uh, they have to? Um, because it's the last chance for Elizabeth Warren. She's not, as I said, she's not going anywhere. She's been she crashed and burned a while back. But if she has any hope of getting back in it in any way, she's going to have to just have a spectacular performance tonight uh, in the debate. By the way, if if you need me while the debate's going on, I'll be watching the hockey game. Uh, the Penguins are playing tonight. I will not be watching that debate. I will be looking forward, though, to the highlights. I can't sit through however many hours it is, two hours or something, just to see what what they might be able to get on Bloomberg and look for that what might be an interesting few minutes when he is confronted with his stupidity. Um, but um, And I can't believe the, the ratings are going to be very good for that, uh, for that debate tonight. But... Um, you know, they, they Bloomberg is inching his way up. I saw a little story just a, a little while ago. Uh, I forget where it was. It was um, it was he was asking people to come out and vote. It was in a, a, a special election uh, or something like that. And he uh, he's giving away free food. He, he he gives away free food, and everybody was lining up to get it. it was, apparently, it was wasn't just it was pretty good food they were giving away. And he's also paying people, from what I understand to uh, to to uh, tweet nice things about him so and he's got he's got 63 billion dollars something like that that he has he's he's in his late 70s so he doesn't he's probably gonna have a tough time spending that before he dies uh, so if he, he can drop he could drop literally three four billion dollars on on the um, on the election between now and November if he were to get the nomination. And uh, wouldn't wouldn't even notice it. I hope he does. By the way, I hope I I I actually hope that Bernie Sanders gets the nomination because that that will be even funnier. Um, listening to him talking about how wonderful it was in the Soviet Union and and uh, how much he liked Fidel Castro. Those are those things are actually a lot dumber than the the video the sound bites you just heard from uh, from Bloomberg. But when we come back, uh, I got another little sports story kind of for you. We've kind of uh, spent a lot of time mixing sports and politics and culture today, something I like to do. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. 
Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. What is it costing you in vet bills for that convenience of just pulling open a bag of formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits? That costs a ton of money anyways. How do you feed your dog to derive not only energy, but a good coat, bright eyes, and a great attitude? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I found his raw meat diet on Dynavite.com. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and the Super Omega on top of it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. Ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then a Lico Chops. Try Lico Chops. Buy two. Get one free. It just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. Adding Dynavite to their diet has every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. Their skin is so much better now that they're on the raw diet, I don't even give them the kibble anymore. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we started with sports. Uh, We had uh, Bud Shaw on from Cleveland to talk about the Miles Garrett, uh, Mason Rudolph fiasco, which it's become. Uh, So I thought I'd... uh, throw this in there this is more sports sort of and not really sports at all but it's a gigantic sports figure and uh mixing with culture and politics this is Dwayne wade one of the best players in nba history uh who's now retired and he was on good morning america today with robin roberts we love the fact that she doesn't have to hide who she is she seems wise beyond her 12 years because when you hear more of that conversation in in the golf cart and you said that she helped you and the family have a better understanding and helped you with this how did how was she able to do that well she is our leader it was just it was a, a process for us to sit down with our daughter and find out who she is and what she likes and not put something on her because as as parents we put our hopes and we put our fears on our kids right. and with Zaya we decided to to listen to her and she's leading us along this along this journey you didn't have to put this in the documentary nope. why did you and what was that family discussion to reveal this this yeah. way and that's what we're trying to do we're tra- we know it's other families out there that's dealing with their their kid finding themselves and learning who they are and what is your advice to a parent who is struggling to accept their child for for any reason yeah. and how do you protect her because i think some parents are they, they want to accept and they they they're understanding but they're as a parent you want to protect your child and you know yeah. as much support as you have received there has been criticism as well and for your your daughter to even admit that and your son that, that beautiful posting mm-hmm. and saying you know referring to to they so how do you handle those people who are less than supportive and but she's she's known that for nine years since she was three years old she's known since she's, she was three she's known since she was three years old mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, he was talking about his son, who's now uh, decided that uh, he wants to be a she. Um, that's Dwayne Wade was, and um, that's. I mean, this is nothing new. It's a it's a it's a big deal because he's Dwayne Wade. He's a big time macho star athlete, and he's accepting the fact that his son, 
who you would think uh, uh, an NBA player would probably prefer to have his son be a, a macho basketball player like himself. But um, he uh, he decided when he was three that he was a girl, and um, his parents, Dwayne Wade and his wife, uh, they decided that, uh, that, that this three-year-old person, boy, was uh, mentally and um, emotionally um, mature enough to decide that for the rest of his life, instead of being a male person, he wanted to be a girl, and they, they go along with it. So they said that this 12-year-old um, daughter that they're calling her now uh, is um, um, was, was capable of making that decision at three. Now, this is a, this is an issue that's gigantic, and everybody talks about it, and it's a, it's a controversial issue. But I went on Google uh, just to look to see if I could find anybody, any, any story that um, showed any disagreement with this or didn't necessarily celebrate the fact that Dwayne Wade is allowing his three-year-old son or did allow his three-year-old son to decide – that he was a girl at the age of three, and that there is there's not another side of the story that maybe it's not a good idea. It, as far as I know, I didn't hear this whole interview with um, with Dwayne Wade today, but I'm guessing that that was not part of the discussion today. The discussion today was all about what a wonderful parents Dwayne and his wife are for allowing their three year old child to decide that. He is not the sex that he was born with. He's actually going to spend his life as a female. Um, we've had guests on the show to talk about that, that it's, it's actually a sickness, and that uh, this, this person, this boy, girl, whatever you want to call him or her, is uh, in for a good chance that this, this kid is going to be in for a tough life and uh, lots of suicide issues with uh, transgender. But on Good Morning America today, it was all wonderful and celebrating a brilliant move by the parents. And i like to see a, the other side of the story, but fat chance of that happening. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.